my son. <gasps> Hello. Well, hi. Name's Bruce. It's all right, I understand. Why trust a shark, right? Welcome back to Disney Rewind, the show where we openly neglect Blue Sky Studios movies and hope we don't have to watch them anytime soon. As always, I am your host, Ben, and today we will be discussing the 2003 film Finding Nemo. This movie is pretty near and dear to my heart because I watched it a lot growing up in the early 2000s, so I just want to admit a little bit of, I guess, biases in advance there. This is the first film we are watching that spawned a sequel, pun intended, so Finding Dory is now eligible to be selected. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. We have the first of the series to review. So will we love it? Hate it? You'll find out. Finding Nemo was released on May 30th, 2003 to universal acclaim. I mean, this movie defined the year 2003 and the bar Pixar had to set. But before we get into history, let's talk about the plot. No source material this time, so we will be running down the movie only. Spoiler warning ahead, go watch this thing. Nemo and his father Marlin are two clownfish who live right in the middle of the Great Barrier Reef. Nemo is a very adventurous child, despite his movement being stifled by his injured fin. This injury comes from a barracuda attack that took place while he was just an egg. It also resulted in the death of all his siblings, probably a few hundred. Uh, Of course, biologically, if you have more eggs, then you need uh, less protection, because if if the many die, then you still have a very good chance that some will survive. It's a big trade-off in uh, evolution and uh, how it plays into ecology. Like every other Disney movie, his mother is also killed in the attack. Uh, We then cut forward a number of years to Nemo's first day at fish school, which proves to be very challenging for Marlin. Marlin ends up following Nemo through the day and embarrasses him in front of his peers at the drop-off. The drop-off is not like a cute name for where you leave your kids. It's the edge of the reef, and it drops a healthy amount into a trench. Because of the embarrassment, Nemo swims out into the drop-off to touch a boat. He does touch it, but he gets captured by a scuba diver on the way back and is taken away. Marlin, in total disarray, swims as fast as he can towards the boat. After pretty much giving up, he runs into Dory, a blue tang who suffers from acute short-term memory loss. After the two introduce themselves and Dory mentions that she saw a boat, they decide to band together to find Nemo. The pair then go through a series of misadventures, whether it be dealing with a group of vegetarian sharks that accidentally get a scent for blood, battling underwater creatures, or jumping through a jellyfish jungle. Eventually, they learn Nemo is being kept in Sydney Bay at a dentist's office. While all this is happening, Nemo has his own story going on. Nemo, dropped in the dentist's tank, is quickly becoming great friends with the other denizens. Uh, Of course... Every group needs a leader, and this group is no different. Their leader is Gil, who has a plan to send them all back to sea and end their captivity. The plan is as follows. They will clog the tank filter, leading for them to be taken outside and put into little baggies while the tank is being cleaned. They will roll out of the window, land safely on the ground, and roll into the sea, swimming away in freedom. Nemo fails trying to clog the tank the first time, but succeeds the second time. And it's good that he does because he's on a time crunch. 
The dentist's niece, Darla, is notorious for killing fish, and Nemo is her next pet. He only has a day or two before she gets here. Eventually, Dory and Marlin arrive in Sydney after help from a whale and some nice sea turtles on the Australian current. Once there, they find multiple issues. The tank that was supposed to be clogged had been cleaned overnight via a new filter installed, ruining the plans of Gil. Also, equally as bad, Darla shows up early, shortening the time Nemo has. Marlin, also facing his own issues, has no way to get to Nemo. While initially he attempted to save Nemo with the help of a seagull, the plan failed and Marlin was tossed back into the ocean. Nemo is scooped out of the bag, ready to be given to Darla, but decides to play dead, allowing for enough confusion to scare Darla into dropping him in the spit suction drain. Nemo, moving through the drain, returns to the sea, but since his dad already thinks he's a goner, Marlin swims away. Marlin also cuts ties with Dory, lashing out at her specifically because his son is gone. Nemo eventually runs into Dory, who then finds Marlin, but of course Dory is caught in a fishing net at the last second. Nemo, finally allowed by Marlin to be adventurous, saves the group of fish by uniting them and telling them to swim down. We end the film on a high note. Nemo is at school, reunited with his father. Marlin is more relaxed and the popular man amongst the other dads, and the reef is right once again. But that's not all. In a post credit scene, we see Gil and the other fish escape the aquarium. However, one slight problem, they're still in their plastic bags. Back to Pixar. According to director Andrew Stanton, the idea of finding Nemo came from his love of seeing the fish tanks at his dentist growing up. The idea of setting things underwater came independently from that memory, as he took a trip to Six Flags Discovery World, where the massive tanks and shark tunnels inspired him to try out the setting for a film. Some other events shaped how he wanted to write the film and to set up its themes, including feelings of being overprotective with his children and a fascination with clownfish. Pre-production actually began in 1997, uh, a mere six, I believe, six years before uh, its release, which allowed the film to have a finished screenplay before animation even began, which is uh, quite rare. Originally, the death of Nemo's mother was supposed to be a mystery, dripped into the story over time, but Stanton felt it would just make more sense to have it at the beginning. In a deleted scene, Marlin would talk about his childhood, growing up in Bad Luck Bay with his many siblings. Later, you would find out it was just a made-up story, and Marlin was just projecting to try and make himself look cool for his son. They cut that out. Albert Brooks apparently carried this film, and they, uh, they by... By they, I mean Andrew Stanton, credit him with making the film as amazing as it is. Ellen DeGeneres was casted after she changed the topics multiple times in a few minutes on her daily talk show, Ellen. Uh, We are not sponsored, and we do not want to be. Nigel's friend, Gerald the Pelican, was supposed to have more of a prominent role, but it ended up not working well in in the grand scheme of the larger film. So it just didn't really flow right. They had to cut it out. Megan Mullally was hired to provide her voice for a role, but the producers were shocked to learn she didn't actually sound like her character on Will and Grace. She refused to use her Grace voice and was shortly fired after that. I can only imagine that it was an incredibly awkward meeting where no one had a good time. Pixar is known for doing their homework, and this film is no different. All animators took a crash course in both biology and general oceanography. They even went on scuba trips and visited special aquariums across the country. A lot of the biology in this film, obviously fish 
don't talk the way that this film imagines. But a good bit of the biology in this film is based in real fact or real uh, behavior that some of these animals exhibit. Production designer Ralph Eggleston created pastel drawings to help give an idea of what the lighting was going to look like so work could still be done. When watching, you may notice the film is dedicated to Glenn McQuinn. He was a Pixar animator who passed away the year prior. Very sad, but that's just a little tidbit if you didn't know who that was. Another Pixar movie, another lawsuit. Frank LeCalvez, author author of Pierrot, I believe that's how you say it, Pierrot, the clownfish, sued because he claimed that his book, which released a year prior to the movie, was too much like the film. He felt that the novel was largely being ripped off. However, the U.S. legal system did not, and Finding Nemo was totally unharmed. Happy news! A Navajo dub of the film was released in 2016 as the result of a partnership with the Navajo Nation Museum and Disney. The end goal of this project was to preserve the Navajo language and introduce children to it. Bad video game alert. Bad video game alert, everybody. The video game... Uh, Finding Nemo, was released for all major consoles and unsurprisingly sucked, but it sold well enough to warrant a sequel, so that's neat. I haven't played either, but you guys know the ropes by now. A long play or a full playthrough of the first game will be in the description below. Before we talk about release, let's talk about America in 2003. George Bush had just announced the worst part of combat in the Iraqi war was finished. The 2000s were quietly haunted by these wars, and the trouble they caused is still felt felt today, uh, domestically and internationally. On a happier note, the Buccaneers defied the odds and unfortunately beat the Eagles, and also crushed the Oakland Raiders in a great Super Bowl. Fred Rogers, uh, you may know him as Mr. Rogers, had just died the previous month, marking the end to a historic, amazing life. Back to Pixar. So this movie made a metric crap ton of money, but still was not the most successful film that year. That would go to Return of the King, which beat it beat Finding Nemo, that is, in the battle for highest box office. This movie was re-released in 2012 and made an additional $16 million. It's insane how much of a money magnet this film is, and it's insane how much staying power it has. Finding Nemo won a slew of awards, including an Academy Award for Best Animated Film. I'm not going to run down all the awards. Check them out. Finding Nemo has been called by many, many journalists and uh, newspapers as one of the best animation films since 2000 and was on pretty much everyone's best of uh, movie year list in 2003. Controversy? Biology? Oh yeah, let's talk about the illegal fish trade. This film saw a massive amount of pet owners choosing clownfish, which is a horrible, horrible idea. And if anyone's listening, unless you are fully prepared, do not get a clownfish. They are not easy to take care of, and they need a very expensive setup, and this film really hurt their wild population numbers. It was honestly just a mess. Half of the people decided to keep the fish, which led to a depletion of various reefs, and the other amount, and the other half, once realizing how hard it was to take care of these fish, said screw it and threw them into their local waterways, causing invasive populations to wreak havoc on local ecosystems. Finding Nemo got a DVD and VHS release and quickly became the best-selling DVD of all time. 
on that DVD, it came with a short film exploring the reef and uh, the opening short Knickknack, which was made years, years prior. Finding Nemo was the first Pixar movie not to be scored by Randy Newman. Instead, they got his lesser-known cousin, Thomas Newman, who still did a pretty good job. It doesn't stand out as, uh, as much as other Pixar scores. Theme park attractions? You freaking bet. We have Talk with Crush, which opened in four different parks. We also have the Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Finding Nemo the Musical, and Crush's Coaster. I have found links to every single one of these attractions, and you can watch them in full. Let's finish talking about history with talent. This was directed by Andrew Stanton, who had previously directed A Bug's Life and would go on to produce, or excuse me, go on to direct Wally, both of which were huge successes. In terms of cast, Albert Brooks plays Marlon. Long history with this guy. You've definitely seen him in other stuff. Chuck out his filmography. Um, I would definitely recommend Defending Your Life. Ellen DeGeneres as Dory. She currently has her own daytime talk show, but has come under hot water due to how she treats her employees, especially during this COVID crisis. Please don't sue us, Ellen. I'm just reporting what I've read. I have absolutely no 100% substantial proof that this is true. William Defoe plays Gil. I know him best as the Spider-Man enemy, the Green Goblin, but he's also been in a ton of other movies. It's William Defoe. He's everywhere. He's in video games. He's in movies. He can't be stopped. Other stars include Allison Janney, Eric Bana, and oh look, John Ratzenberger again. Well, that's it for me, but what did we all think? And we're back! <laughs> fourth week in a row, fourth week I messed up. We're back, Disney Rewind. I have more people than just me doing the history. And those people are... Uh, Steve. Rebecca. Oh, I gotta... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ash. Maxwell. <laughs> and I'm Ben again. Uh, so yeah, today we're discussing the 2003 Pixar film Finding Nemo. Woohoo! Uh, as always, first... Some questions, some th- queries. What was everyone's favorite animal in the movie? Oh, that's a good one. Me. Character or animal? Animal. Okay. Me, it's the sea turtles. I love sea turtles in real life, and I also love them in the film mm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We wow. talk. We talked about mine while we were watching. Mine's the angler fish. It's only there for a couple minutes, but I always loved that fish. Yes. Oof, it's tough. Might be Gil. Gil, the, yeah. uh, what is he, an angel fish, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Are you talking about character or just pure animal? animal. Well, yeah. a little bit of both, I think. Oh, okay. A little bit of both. It might still be anglerfish. That's hard for me. Why don't we start with animal? Yeah, because, like, I, I, hmm. I really, really like the jellyfish, but they don't obviously really play a big... Well, it's Like, they're not, like, a character or anything. They're a plot device. Yeah, but my definitely my favorite, like, animal character was probably, um... The turtle, sea turtle dad. Yeah. I don't like the humans. I could identify him. Yeah, <laughs> could you? <laughs> Dennis, definitely. Um, I, I, there just wasn't one that I didn't like. Oh, you liked them all. I've liked them all. Is that terrible? No. No. Even the sharks? Yes. <laughs> oh, especially the shark. shark. We see multiple parental figures in this film, multiple strategies. 
do we feel that it is an accurate portrayal of the ever-changing science of child raising? Ooh. I think yes, because raising children is hard. And I don't have one, so I don't know from experience. But I can imagine it's hard, and there's no one right way to do it. But I imagine there are a lot of wrong ways to do it. Right, we seem to see most of the wrong ways. On the we, news or in the movie? No, in the movie. Yeah. We didn't. We never saw the right ways because it would be all the kids who were normal and, yeah, and get it. Didn't, didn't get didn't captured. Didn't run after the boat. Didn't get captured, and were there at school just like hanging out and having fun with each other. But I don't think Marlin's necessarily a bad parent because no, he's, he's a I think he's just parent. a little overprotective. Yeah. Well, I don't. Come, I don't know if you have a question about this, but the one key thing that this whole movie is trauma, which is Rebecca one of Rebecca's specialities. Dealing, teaching trauma. Every every main character is dealt with trauma and is a victim of trauma. And that just moves the whole movie. Except for my favorite character, the dentist. <laughs> I don't know. Watching him was pretty traumatizing to me. That may be. And Darla's parents. I don't want nothing oh, to yeah. do with them. Okay, oh. Darla might be the worst. Right. So there's some trauma going on there. But every main character has suffered from some form of trauma. Except for maybe Jacques, who just likes to clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they're they're all in a fish tank, so arguably... Yeah, Jacques still is in a tank, so... Well, yeah, I guess so, but he's not not unhappy about it. No, he is eating good. But he's also a shrimp, right? They have feeble minds. (laughs) Hey! Well, look, if I'm... I'm not exactly putting shrimp too high on the intelligence totem pole. Not even with the lobsters who just walk by and just wave to one of their buddies in the cage. Yeah. Just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the all time idiots of the movie, the seagulls. Yeah, mine. Mine. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love them. They were stupid. They're what stupid. made you think of that, that it, it's all trauma? Oh, well, earlier when Ben and Ash would go to Millersville and say, We're going to think of the questions. I'm like, Boy, I hope they think of trauma because every character. Suffered from trauma. Marlin suffers. Nemo suffers. I don't know about the sharks, but something must have happened well, to make them. Yeah, yeah. They argue that the sharks change due to something. I'm yeah, talking. some kind of trauma or something would make them go against their nature. Certainly, all the fish in the tank suffer from trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been talking about trauma a lot with Pixar movies. So kind of like suffered a, from trauma afterwards. Yeah. yeah, not the turtles though. No, they were just bounce chilling. off them. Yeah, but Pixar does talk about trauma lately. Well, yes. so does Disney. Disney was written with trauma. Bambi is literally just trauma. The well, movie. It's Bambi, Snow White, all all the early Disney movies. But trauma carries a plot. That is true. And it's something a lot of people can relate with too. Yeah. And with Finding Nemo, you have so many different forms of trauma. There's definitely, if like that relatability can really be open to a lot more people that way, I guess. It has motivation. Trauma causes motivation. And conflict. It's a lot harder if Marlon's going after a ham sandwich than he is his son. (laughs) Although I'd watch a movie where Marlon's... Yeah, especially trying to get a ham sandwich from under the sea. Yeah. It's like finding Nemo. Or not finding Nemo, Lilo and Stitch, where she feeds... uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Finding Reuben. What makes a journey good? We've looked at three Pixar movies so far, so let's compare the journey we see in Finding Nemo to Up and Onward, which was our favorite and what works well with journeys. My favorite's got to be Up of the three, Um, 
But I think all three have good journey sequences. I think it's just nice checkpoints and obstacles that uh, yeah that flow cohesively, but still kind of. Well, up was the journey for all the wrong reasons. You know, the thinking there was something with his wife that he could get from Paradise Falls. Nemo is a journey for all the right reasons. Your kid's been taken. You've got to get it back. And onward, somewhere in the middle, it's a chance to see your dad again. Mm. A chance to bond with your brother. So what journeys are the best? The journeys for the right reasons or the journeys where the real real, uh, lesson is learned on the way? Yeah, probably the second one. Where you learn the lesson on the way. I think so, too. I think it adds an extra bit of depth. But... In Finding Nemo's fairness, fair, fairness, Marlin learns to not be such an overprotective dad. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Growth. Growth makes movies good. They're uh, podcast over. Yeah, I think it also depends on what you're looking for in a movie. Because mm-hmm. because of the talk of the different journeys, someone could be looking for just a... Well, Up isn't happy-go-lucky, but like the, the journey they have is full of fun and not sadness because they put the sadness in the first 10 minutes and then around the end. But if you're looking for something that would be a fun journey, you go the up. Like, you don't want to be sad. If you want something where you're, like, panicking the whole time, I would say onward because they're running out of time. They only have half of their dad. You're like, are they going to make it? Is this going to happen? And if you're looking for something where you know it's going to be okay because it has to do with a little kid, but also you want a little bit of panic, but you want the happy resolve, you go for Finding Nemo. That's true. There is still a time frame in Finding Nemo that yeah. because it's oh, Darla's yeah. arrival. Darla's oh, arrival. Yeah. But that comes near the end where you're like, okay, they have time. During Onward, the whole time you're like, they have 24 hours. Yeah. That is a very There's some more urgency to Onward. On a more like aesthetic note, I think... Finding Nemo has the best, like, interesting, I guess. Journey. Journey. Mm -hmm. Just because they're exploring the sea and you've, like, all the different areas of the ocean. They go to, like, the open ocean where there's nothing. They go to, they start in the coral. They go through. The the twilight zone. uh, Yeah, exactly. They go through that current and they end up in the the human world. Yeah. Where you don't really see that with Onward. Onward felt a little bit small scale travel like even though they're traveling all day and the time yeah my issue with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah just really short (laughs) yeah just super but nemo i mean you know geographically nemo feels bigger than it probably was but also marlin's a clown yeah so there's like the scale but not even that like i just it felt like they were moving like around where directionally onward was a little confusing and up was a little very Linear. Yeah, very, very linear. Up also wasn't... I'm going to make this point now, but it wasn't that important of a journey because once he got the Paradise Falls, if Ellie was still alive, she would have said, this side's fine. I'm okay with being on this side. His whole journey was because I'm on the wrong side. Well, it became much more than that. It became much more than that, but like... And I know it was for Ellie. I just feel like it wasn't as needed as the other two movies. No, no. So the, the... Right, growth was a surprise. It wasn't, yeah. or it was something that was picked up by the journey itself. But so was Nemo. The well, growth that's, that's was picked up by the journey itself and by his relationship with Dory. That's true. That's true. That and the other characters he met. Yeah, well, in the, the turtle, same way that mostly the turtle. They kind of hit you over the head with that. 
No, dude, let him grow. <laughs> see how he handles himself. Oh, it's like, oh, thank you. I missed the theme of the movie, but thanks for bringing it up again. <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, um, kids' movies need to have a delicate, delicate line between beating you to death with the theme and being too obtuse for children to find out. I think Nemo falls a little on the... I agree with Dad. Nemo falls a little to the right of that side, but it does not stray too far from the golden path. Yeah. But Nemo is also the most kids movie of the three we're talking about now. Yeah, that is true. It's definitely for kids, be able to be enjoyed by kids. Yeah. But also still enjoyed by adults. Oh, yeah, 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 but I'm saying, you know, it's like... Onward is a love letter to the 80s. And uh, Up is really just about getting old. Nemo is something I think kids can understand very well, which is how terrifying it is to be separated from your parent for, you know, when you're a child for long distances. It's, it's, it's really, that really resonates, I think, with the younger audience. The as well as the smart. fart jokes. Yes, the <laughs> fart jokes as well. Although I didn't think they were too bad in this movie. But, uh, not the farts, but the kid jokes. More on that in general thoughts. Final question. Uh, this se- we talked a little bit about this with the with the trauma, but this season we are focusing on films that deal with the past, either historically or through reflection. How did this movie accomplish this? And I think we really talked about that with the levels of trauma and how that is deeply connected to your your childhood or your you know just growing up and the things you experience. It. It connects in the past the same way Up did, with Marlin being like, I need to protect Nemo because he's the only one who survived, and thinking about the past. He's only thinking about the past at this point. Nemo can't do anything because he's weak, because I wasn't there for the other eggs. April just woke up and was startled. Um, (laughs) I wasn't there for the other eggs, and they were weak, and Nemo is now weak, and he has a special fin. Like, it's all about Marlin living in the past, and like, Nemo's not living in the future. Nemo's doing whatever a kid would do. You're a coward? Alright, I'll show you I'm not a coward by going to touch the boat. Another point that Max just made me realize is, like, you have Marland, who is very obsessed with the past, and his whole character is very much based in the past from the beginning. And then you also have Dory, who literally cannot have a past. Yeah. But have the past kind of affect her. So you kind of have that relationship and which ultimately ends up helping him kind of move wrong from that, I feel. Until finding and, and yeah, Dory. Dory. <laughs> yeah, until finding Dory. Until she gets a pass, because all of a sudden she can remember. Yeah. And she, she has something that feels like home. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, that's true. Yep. Marlon and his son both have equal arcs towards... Yeah. Towards getting strength, because Nemo learns to get strength, learns how to save the other fish from the net. Learn, you know, learns how to get out of the tank. I think Nima also learns how to how to have a healthy relationship with danger and responsibility. Because I don't think he really fathoms what, or I guess fathoms isn't the right word. I don't think he really kind of contemplates the his actions in the beginning. It's just to piss off his dad. But you know, through the through the course of the yeah. film, he has like real life threatening scenarios that I think you know yeah. nothing. Nothing makes you think about mortality more than almost dying. Like, almost, <laughs> almost dying, dying in so. a filter, yeah. I think 
that seemed well, really effective. But you could also Marlin too. You yeah. could also argue that makes him slightly stronger because he refuses to be scared of things that could have happened to him when he takes the pebble and goes through the system again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he refuses, and all the other fish in the tank who were so okay with the idea are like, Nemo, don't do it, don't do it, you're going to die, and he doesn't. Yeah, and so does Marlin. I mean, the one scene where all of a sudden all the animals are talking about all the things Marlin's done. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you say, well, this guy's really gone balls out. <laughs> really <laughs> done all this stuff. You know, he's like, wow. Did you just say that? It's, it's great. true, though. I mean, you're, you're probably like five years too you can, late. You, can, you don't have to edit that, do you? No, like no. Say it. No, I think that's fine. Yeah. No, but still, all this stuff, I'm like, wow, yeah, he did do all this stuff, and... From the beginning of the movie, that stuff Marlon would never even think about. He, no. about yeah. he says, next time I see a sea turtle, I'll ask how old he is. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Um, could I also add a point to Ashley? Yes. And I'm sorry, Mom, I keep talking. Oh, oh okay. Because you were the only one who didn't answer yet, and I want to make sure you have a turn. Go okay. ahead, honey. But um, I also think, even though Dory literally has a medical condition that makes it so she can't remember things... The movie's about finding something worth remembering and living in. Because when she first meets Nemo, after we the dad thinks he's dead, mm-hmm. she doesn't remember him right away. But then sooner or later, she goes, "You're Nemo. I've been with your dad this whole time," and she remembers something. Before we get into general thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, as we do every show, starting two shows ago, if you could write a script to a movie called Finding Nemo. What would it be about and why? Hmm. My Finding Nemo would be about an old deep-sea diver going for one last treasure chest, but he has to battle a kraken on the way down. Is that Nemo? Wait, well, the, what is the question? It's the, It's just the write-your-own-movie with the title Finding Nemo. Oh, okay, It's the, you know, it. the skit we've been doing for two weeks now. Oh, got it, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be my Finding Nemo. He has to battle a kraken, and when he opens the treasure chest, it's empty. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Minimalist, uh, you know. I'm still thinking, don't look at me. I got an idea. I think my Finding Nemo, I'm gonna go uh, John Green kind of level, so it's definitely gonna be a teen coming-of-age story. Looking Very Wes Anderson. Main character is gonna be Nemo. Like, his name is Nemo, and it's just about him or her finding themselves, I guess. Finding him? Well, my Finding Nemo would be about a bunch of scientists looking for the cure, the vaccine of the COVID virus. <laughs> and they just give it, like, the nickname Nemo because one of them is obsessed with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And so it would be kind of a sitcom and a romantic comedy. Cool. And at the end, it's like, well, do we find the virus or do we fall in love and go to Pego Pego? And they decide to fall in love and go to Pego Pego. <laughs> millions and die. And they leave the world. <laughs> and millions die. Mm. Dark comedies. We love it. I'm still thinking. Well, to go along with my theme, I would make a movie called Inside Nemo, which would be an HBO software. <laughs> Inside Nemo? When Nemo's of age. And probably not a fish, right? Yeah, the stuff that went on when the lights went out in that tank. Oh! <laughs> like a starfish has five appendages. Hey, 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 Nemo's of age in this scenario. Nemo is 18 in fish years. So is everything else. Um... I think mine would be a romantic comedy or a romance movie in general about a woman who is trying to find the perfect guy and she keeps striking out and getting confused 
and the whole time her best friend is named the Nemo. The fish Nemo, and no, she no, falls no, in love no. with the fish. Her, her best friend is a human named Nemo, and it's just a, a realization story, and she finds out she's a lesbian, and she found Nemo. That's it. She kept striking out with guys because she was like, maybe I'm not attracted to you. That's very specific. Yeah. How is that specific? It's a very specific plot. I, think I always, you should write the, I think I you should always write give this specific plot. plots. You should write this plot. Now we're on to general thoughts, your thoughts, but generalized. Did we like Finding Nemo? Did we not like Finding Nemo? We liked Finding Nemo. How I could think you we not did. Like I, I loved Nemo. everything it's about a classic. that. Movie. Isn't it the most bought DVD or the yeah, most? Yeah, uh, the most bought DVD of all time. Wow. All time. It's pretty good. I think we can confidently say yes. Oh yeah. There's only one downside, and I think you talked about it in your informational part. Which was the clownfish into like increase of buying clownfish. Afterwards. Yeah, that was the only bad part. Even though they were trying to say, "Don't do your best," but it's not their fault. It's not their fault. The same thing happened with Dalmatians. On the plus side, it probably led to more people Dalmatians. realizing what's happening in the Great Barrier Reef. That is true. Yeah, it just turned into the past Barrier Reef, or not so Great Barrier Reef. The uh, empty Barrier Reef. Yeah, ocean acidification. It's real bad. It's real bad. I thought the movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of movies about fish, you know? That's true. You don't get a lot of movies about fish other than, you know, Sword in the Stone, Little Bit of Fish, Fish and Named Wanda, fish, not a whole lot of fish, fish in that tales. one. Yeah. Um, I've never even... Shark yes. Tales, you mean? Oh, is that Shark Tales? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Shark Tales. We don't have to review that movie. But that counts as fish. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, we fish. never even talked about the fish society. Right. There's like... The sharks came over and they were good guys, but the Barracuda was the pure villain, didn't even say anything, even no. though obviously could because every other fish can talk. Oh, I really like the teacher too. Sorry. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. Ray. Yeah, yeah. he was a teacher. Well, nothing to say over here. <laughs> That's right. How do you get to become a teacher in the fish society? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you go to fish college? Like, he it doesn't. A, he was a, remember, he says he's a scientist. scientist. Yeah, he did right. say so he's he has a scientist. Gotten his degree. He's gotten a fish degree. He, uh, all in a very marine biology. Decent lifespan. Decent lifespans. You know, some fish live for a while, some fish not so right. much. That must make the school system hard if some fish live longer than others because do you keep, right. like, yeah. What's, <laughs> what is the logistics of, uh... Who is the fish president? Yeah. It's well, all the sardines we saw that made fun of Marlin. <laughs> yeah, and, and who could go to school? Just fish and don't eat other fish? Because most fish do eat other fish. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So what are you going to do then? You have separate classes. Yeah, I guess you would have to. You have to have predator classes and prey classes. Well, but don't you think that creates a stratified well, they could, social They could have system? that like rule. I don't know if it was in the original Jungle Book, and I just know it's in the bad remake. Of it. Was it bad, like bad remake? Was it bad? Are you high? I that remake saw, is awesome. I just saw reviews that said it was bad. In I the remake, loved it. There was a rule like at certain places you couldn't eat, like at the watering hole, you couldn't eat animals if you that's were stupid. a predator. That's the best place to eat animals. But yeah. that's how whole, crocodiles that, work. That was the whole rule. It was like at the watering hole, you uh-huh. can't attack me. I can't attack you. And I feel like school it would be like no attacking. And are some fish more advanced than other fish? The angler fish didn't say anything. So right. are only the reef fish? That deep, it was, that deep, that deep fish? Yeah, the, 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 the talk. It was because it was so deep. It was so deep. Well, and the, all the fish in schools, they all Ooh, didn't really have any fish? kind of uh, individuality. That's and true. And then all the morons that got 
And then Ned at the end didn't know what to do. To be fair, though, the sardines did have that one line where only one fish spoke. They mentioned him, and he said, yeah. Well, Well, you go first. Well, I was just going to say there was that school that did all the imitations, too. That was what I was talking about. Oh, oh, oh. The individuals that would be part of which, you know, and then the ones that were the rockets. I was going to say, there's also technically language as well. Right. the whale doesn't speak the same language. Dialect. Yeah, but I guess it's a mammal. Yeah, so whales are mammals, it, so they would have a different language. Wait, what are dolphins? Well, mammals. dolphins are they, mammals, they spoke, they spoke. Oh, yeah. Well, the whale spoke, because yeah. Dory spoke whale. And yeah, but that's a different Dory. language. And then in Finding oh, yeah. Dory, we find out a whale speaks whoa, whoa, English. Whoa, 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 spoilers. Okay, spoilers. Well, and the fish in the tanks managed to speak English because they knew the different kinds of tools and extractors. Yeah. They taught, they, they would, like, gamble about which method he would use. Yeah, for yeah. So they knew the exact <laughs> names. So they weren't making those names up. Hmm. We need to contact the people at Pixar and tell them, lay off the hallucinogens, <laughs> go get some help. Well, they probably did when they merged with Disney. Yeah, but cool. you could do the point that it's different dialects because the anglerfish probably had a different method of communicating. Right, and it was violence. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Yeah. Okay. On a serious note, though, I really, really enjoyed this film. I think oh, its yeah. strength was in the voice cast. Mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres did a lovely job as Dory. It kind of is her role. Um, she obviously was very famous before this, but this really defined her and arguably launched her into greater stardom. Albert Brooks is hilarious. Yeah. And you <laughs> the often... neurotic guy who doesn't sleep with his kids, like Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> but that's his thing in Woody his Woody movies. Allen, please don't sue. I don't think he could sue. Anyway, Albert Brooks, all of his movies. Yeah. yeah. Is he neurotic in all of them? Yo yeah. I've only well, seen... he's that kind of always worried, yeah. always like almost frantic. I guess he is like that in Defending Your Life. Defending oh, Your Life gosh, yeah. and uh, the, yeah. the American mo- one what? Where he quits his. I forget what it's called, but he quits his job and he goes with his wife and they try to go in an RV and make a new life away from the rat race until she loses all their money in Las Vegas. I but don't even remember that. Movie. It was it's his like, first movie. It's very familiar. Well, one of his first movies. Wait, what's his name? Albert, Albert Brooks. Brooks. But um, yeah, every, like a ton of people were in this. John Katzenberger makes another yeah. appearance. He's always great. Always great. Yeah, William Defoe. William Defoe did an excellent job as well. William yeah. Defoe was a taxi driver. No, it was not taxi driver. That's true. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast about Wally today, and they mentioned John Katzenberger. It's like, well, they needed a role for him. Who they? What was he? The captain? He, no, he was one. I think he was one of the the heavy passengers. People, yeah. yeah. Well, they need to keep his retirement fund going. So uh, there you go. But yeah, excellent cast. Um, did we like the plot? We already talked about how much we liked the motivation. But I thought this, compared to some other movies we've recently watched, this kind of worked on a series of vignettes as well. But they all flowed into each other very nicely. It moved. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's like we're like, oh, all right, they're here. Whoa, oh, they're it here. totally moved. No, yeah. no dead spots. There was and always something to see, always something to hear. And there was constant... It's a long kids movie. It's like two hours. But it, it moved yeah. constantly, and there was always something new. There was always new characters introduced. There was new always jokes. something interesting. Yeah, things led to each other. I think the Nemo interludes really helped. I think having Nemo break up um, right, Marlin and Dur- yeah, because it kept mm-hmm. it entertaining and it definitely just brilliant, yeah. brilliant movie. And the yep. side characters, 
Oh, uh, yeah. The one I forgot that was my favorite was the Pelican. Oh, yeah. Nigel. Yeah. Pelican, Nigel. Oh, Nigel. Nigel. Nigel, right. So, smart enough to know what kind of extractor it is, but not smart enough to forget there's a window there. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, boom. Oh, did I miss the extraction? It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Terminator one. He had the Terminator line. It was great. <laughs> I love the part where the one pelican's choking. He's like, oh, like, don't all y'all go at once. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah, I think this movie did a lot of good jokes for the family. The same way we felt about Onward and Up. Yep. There was nothing fishing for kids. Or if there was, it was nothing that Steve Lamb wouldn't also have laughed at. That's like right. a fart joke. Yep, fart uh, jokes, yeah. They had like one fart joke. Well, yeah. What was the fart joke? It was when oh, there were a couple. Uh, the oh, explosion, there were a couple. The explosion happened, and only a little bubble appeared behind a, one <laughs> of the. Nice. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. And then, right. then it was always with the little bit, the octopi when they yeah, the ink. pop the ink out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I have really fond memories oh, of I that. I thought that was a similarity of the peeing pants. <laughs> yeah, but it's all in the same vein. Yeah. With an octopus, it's the same thing. Yeah. And they helped aquariums. Yeah, it did. Every aquarium just made out like a bandit from uh, having uh, Great Barrier Reef sections. I mean, even to this day, when I go to the aquarium and kids are looking at clownfish, if I just go, that's Nemo, they'll they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It is truly a timeless movie. And a lot of kids at aquariums, too, when they see clownfish, they'll point at them and be like, oh, that's Nemo. It's definitely impactful. Yeah, it's awesome. Really and, really and Dory cool. as well. Especially because they're not exactly flashy fish, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, we I mentioned the conservation issues that came out of this movie, but, you know, it was nice that we saw, like, shark characters that weren't inherently evil. Because mm-hmm. sharks are really in need of conservation right mm-hmm. now. And, uh, yeah, uh, Clownfish and, uh, whatever Dory was, uh, I Ooh. forget what tang. it was. A tang. Blue tang. Blue tang. Or a surgeon right. fish. Both the same thing. Yep. Um, they're just not your first choice for an underwater movie when thinking about who your main character is going to be. Well, who would you pick? Can that be Ooh, a segment? Can we say who we would pick? Yeah, if I had to make a movie underwater using a fish, I think I'd probably do an eel. I'd probably do kind of like a gangster movie, but the <laughs> with, eel, eels. with eels, yeah, with eels instead of gangsters. Like, I think it'd be cool. The eel mob. Yeah. <laughs> eel mob. It was like they're going, hey. Yeah, I know. And their mouths are always open like they're offended. Like you didn't uh, you didn't kiss their hand or talk to me on the day of my daughter's yeah. wedding. Hey. The worst movie would be a flounder movie. Why? Because it's a flop. I'm going to sink to the bottom and just wait. It's a slow burn. Yep. Or I'll set other fish that you always see in the ads that the other fish is just swimming by and it's completely hidden and poof. Fish disappears like a vacuum oh, cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that like a grouper or something? Oh, there's yeah. many. In the uh, sand, yeah, the yeah. flounder's yeah. just hiding out. I think I'll stay here a while. Uh, I'm getting hungry. Better move. But other than that, I'll just stay here. What about you guys? Give me a minute. Also, does it have to be a sea fish? Yes. There's no such thing as a land fish. Well, well I mean, <laughs> there's, like, there's river. There's pond. Sea fish. You mean salt or fresh? Yeah. Well, some can do both. Or saltier water in what is considered fresh. Some can do salty water in freshwater system. Make a movie about a goldfish that didn't like to eat. Ooh, yeah. It could be like thinner, but with fish. Yeah, yeah, because the rest are like, what's wrong with you? You don't like to eat. 
Is Dark that the secret. dialogue, dear? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the matter? There's something wrong with Sign you? Sign Bruce Willis. Yes, they doubled the amount of food we normally get, and you're not eating till you die. What? Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler's <laughs> mom. I don't know. That could be great. It could be the next Adam Sandler movie, like Jack and Jill too, but they're goldfish. <laughs> That's right. Well, so, what about you three? I have to think of a saltwater fish now. Mm-hmm. The jellyfish movie would be relaxing but very boring. <laughs> There'd just be no dialogue because they can't. They don't have a mouth or anything. It'd just be movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just think they just telepathy. <laughs> yeah, be like Cars. Cars <laughs> would be the jellyfish movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, oh, they just put oh, eyes yeah. on the jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I, know, I thought the jellyfish and SpongeBob were often very entertaining characters. Yeah, but they, yeah. they don't talk or do That's it. True. And they're not a main character either. Poor jellyfish. They get a bad rap. Max, you have your idea? Yes, because I realize this fish is both fresh and salt water. What yeah. is it? The sturgeon. Is it both? Yeah, it's both. That being medical jar. I learned about that on, uh, <laughs> on River Monsters because he went fish to the MD. sea and talked about how when they hear electric boats, they'll jump up and flip a boat. And I think it would be about a sturgeon who has really bad anxiety and tends to stay lower because of all the motorboats going above it. But it, um, it's going to be a friend movie where it meets a human who's on a kayak. Well, Ooh. you're all very specific. And yeah. I think you got a little more than you bargained for with that question. I, I like making specific thoughts. Mom? Yeah? What's your fish? I don't know. I feel like... Mm, I guess I would work an octopus in there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But I got no uh, no, no plot. specifics. Sorry. I'm just not interested mm. in what you guys are. Any final thoughts before we move to ratings? Uh, music was good. Music that. was phenomenal. Music was pretty good. Just the music. I don't think it was anything right. Sorry, what were you okay. saying? Was no, no. The music that plays when the the boat is leaving with Nemo and, and Marlon's looking for him is like the most dreadful music. Like mm-hmm. it just makes you feel very dre- like just dread, like very hopeless. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't think the music was that special. I like the music in the whale too. Mm. I think this might be one of the weaker musics we hear, to be honest. Really? Yeah, it's just nothing stood out. Nothing was memorable. Well, you need to listen mm. to it again. The way up and onward had memorable tracks. Oh, I disagree. I thought onward's music was a lot worse. Really? Yeah, yeah I thought I it was trying really Ash. hard to like pretend to be something. Yeah, I agree with Ash. Yeah. I wish they would have just used like. Think about this. Music. This movie was the movie of supporting characters. Yeah. More than some of these other movies, there were really three main characters, and the rest of it was supporting. Mm. Just endless great supporting characters: Dennis, the pelican, the sharks. The, the school the teacher yeah it could just go on and on turtle are we ready to move on to ratings sure yep. mm. I go first because I'm most important yeah I'm gonna give this movie I was going to give it an eight but our discussion has made me l- increase it to a nine this is a Pixar classic this is something that maybe if Toy Story didn't already convince you uh threw them into the scene as the best the best animation company out there sorry Disney but uh, Home on the Range really wasn't cutting it guys <laughs> um, yeah and it was uh, it definitely made Pixar a household name if it wasn't already 
But nine, very, very good. Um, and a classic. I have to say, definitely, definitely the lower, the maybe the lower side or middle side of the classics. We'll move to my right. That would be Steve. I give it a 9.7. It's really almost a perfect movie. Just didn't have the same heart the Up had, which is why it doesn't get a 10, but everything else is phenomenal. Good entertainment value, great rewatchability value, because I saw about 80,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> smaller. Yeah. And I still like watching it. So, fantastic on those Ten. Fronts. ten for you? Yep. This is your choice. I'm ten, not surprised. Ten, 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 ten. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to give it a 10.5. A 10 the caps. <laughs> April, meow, wow. agreed. Ashley? Um, I'm going to give this movie a 9.5. I adore this movie. I really like it. I think the animation's great. I think the music's great. I think the story's great. It's just missing something. I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't have the way that I felt emotionally moved by Up. And it might just be because I'm not a parent, <laughs> but uh, I just, it, this movie didn't have that for me. It's actually a really good point. That's a really good point that we didn't discuss. That? That, I, I mean, I, that's a really brilliant point. That, that I, I think this does have something more for people... Who have children. children, who have feared losing their children yeah. in one way or another, which is like the most terrifying thing in the entire universe. Whereas up, it's death and grief and loss and growth, which everyone, which everyone can relate to, right? At a yeah. certain at a certain point, that's an excellent point. Max. I'm giving it a 9.5 as well, and my reason is because if I'm a sick uh, person who stays on the rules of intent versus impact, I am going to keep that up, and I know their intent was to stop clownfish buying, but they did make a huge impact that wasn't their fault, but still, like, I believe lowers it a little bit. And that gives Boy, us... that's the second time I've heard that statement today. What, impact versus intent? Yes. Because I had to use it in a school essay when I talked about dissociative identity disorder. I just watched it in an anti-racism for therapists YouTube video um, by a really brilliant psychologist. Huh. Oh, there you go. What, were you going to argue with mom's point? Nope, no, 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 no. That no. gives oh, us... were you going to argue? No. Wait. <laughs> Do you have a different opinion? No, I don't. Well, I'm interested now. What nope, made the boy nope, say nope. that? I don't know. I don't care. That gives us an average. <laughs> wow. That gives us an average of a 9.5 out of 10, making this our second highest rated movie behind Up. Of yep. course, as always, I will give you guys the full rundown of what our favorite movies are and least favorite movies are at the start of season slash cycle three, whatever you want to call it. But we're not close to there yet because next week's episode is going to be Black Hole, Black Hole. a bonus episode courtesy of Steve. This is a late 70s <laughs> sci-fi movie. Oh I'm very excited about this. Yep. Me too. Watch <laughs> on the Star Wars. Yep, so we have Black Hole and then we end with Ashley's movie Coco which will end our season two, and then when we end season two, we get to announce season three. Woo! Finding Dory, finding Dory. 
Spoilers. Okay. Oh, sorry. So what? Maybe one of the one of the episodes is Finding Dory. There you go. You get it early. <laughs> you never know. We could change our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Might not even be Disney. Who did Monster House? Not anyone not we need works. to worry about. Oh, so. DreamWorks. Yeah. Well, our, wow. This is actually a good time for me to amend a, a statement. We are covering, I keep saying Disney movies. What we're really covering covering is Disney animation films. Disney yeah, I was say. animation like studios. Captain Marvel tonight. Uh, no. That could be your bonus, though, if you want. Disney animation studios, we're covering Pixar, and we're covering Blue Sky, which um, I'm not exactly super excited about, but there are a few good Blue Sky movies. <laughs> They're fun. Namely, the Peanuts movie. The Peanuts movie is a good Blue Sky movie. So is Robots. Robot. Okay, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she thick. She is thick. The mom is very thick. Question of the week time. Question of the week time. If yes. you were a fish... What if fish you, would you be? No. Oh. If you were a fish... What part of the ocean, like, where would you want to live in the ocean? Where would you be kicking back in the ocean? For me, I would have a nice 18th century Victorian home on the bottom of the ocean. I'd live inside of a whale. I would be, I'd be one of those animals that live in whale falls only. Wait a second, did things actually live in whales? Whale falls are ecosystems. They were, they started being... What's a whale fall? That's when a dead whale floats to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, that's not a live whale. Well, yeah, but things live in it for up to 20 years. Or, okay, don't quote me on 20, but years, for sure. Okay. It was, they started doing research on it in, like, the 70s, 80s -hmm. as a possible ecosystem, and it is recognized as an ecosystem, because you got your isopods. You got yes. your deep sea sharks. You have your deep sea scavenger fish. You have plenty of mollusks. It's mm. uh, it's dope. It's cool, and I want a nice brownstone down there. Mm. What about you guys? Where would you live if you were a fish? Nowhere. We're f- the ocean. Well, you're a fish, so you don't know. That. <laughs> so, mom is gonna live in a bay, a nice clean oh, no. bay, God. coastal bay. Well, you probably get caught there. Yeah, I'll get caught anywhere. I, I'm just gonna be toast. Let's just call it what it is. Hmm. What about you guys? I'm still thinking. Uh, I would like to live. Actually, hold on. Give me a second. Actually, hold on. I mean, I like to live in the Sargasso Sea. It's all that kelp. Yeah. I could hide in the kelp. I could eat the kelp. And I could <laughs> just swim around. It's nice warm water. And nobody fishes there. How do you know nobody fishes there? Oh, because there's all this kelp there. Yeah, why would it's you... It's hard f- to get a boat in there. Oh, nobody goes in there and I, destroys I have it? I to look it up. I'm Please don't scientist. sue us. Saragasso Sea Tourism. We are not... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd also like to live in a kelp forest, you know. I can, if I'm being a fish, I guess I couldn't be a... A uh, seal or like a, a mm. sea otter, but I definitely, you know, kelp forest seemed nice. Ooh. I gotta agree oh. with you on that one. I can live by those two rocks the from the Odyssey. What is it? The oh, the, uh, the right, the Iliad the, or whatever. No, from the what? Odyssey, the one's the rock and the other is something what, else. A sea monster or whatever. Oh, and he's so every a, he's um like a big pit. It's like a whirlpool. Like a but there's a the monster pit. in there. It's like yeah, it's like an ocean sarlacc. Yeah, pit. but there's also the one thing where you're, you're either going to hit the rocks or you're going to the uh, maelstrom. Yeah, because yeah, all the ships like sink and then you can chow down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can just party, party out. I just wouldn't want to be like a mollusk, you know. I wouldn't want to be nope. or a echinoderm or whatever they're called. I would like to live at the bottom of the Mary, uh, the Challenger Deep. You would is, like to live in the Challenger Deep? Which, yep. 
I would like to live yeah, at the cool. bottom of it. It is in the southern end of the Mar- Mariana Trench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is approximately 336,200 feet deep, yeah, and I would like miles. to yeah, live seven down. miles down. And um, you wouldn't get eaten down there? No, there. I would be treated to some whale carcasses every now and then, yeah. but there's not much that would eat me if I was the biggest fish there. Then be true, you'd be a shark if you were yes. the biggest fish. Yeah. So how far did you guys walk today? Uh, yeah, seven miles so far. Yeah. So, so you, watched, you walked one way down the trench. Yeah, one yeah. way down the That's trench. We're walking uh, five more. So. And then, yeah, well, if you walk Almost. seven more, then you walk up to the other end. Everest. <laughs> That's seven miles high. Wow. That's what you get, 14 miles. Did Ashley answer? No. Not. So I pulled mine up. It took me a little bit. But I would like to live in the North Atlantic Ocean... Um, I would want to create like a kind of a fish city underwater there, a city where the artists would not fear the censor, where the scientists yeah, Bioshock. Yeah, morality. you're gonna you're gonna live in rapture, <laughs> where the gray would not be constrained by the small where the, the pa- sweat yeah. of your brow. Uh huh. <laughs> that's not being a fish. That's being a capitalist nut. Yeah. <laughs> Bioshock. Where they don't do long lines out of New Bedford. Yeah. <laughs> And that brings us to another close... That brings us to the end of... That brings us to the end of another Disney Rewind. Next week, or, you know, time frame... Next uh, time. Next time, we will be watching and discussing Black Hole. And then, on to Coco, before finishing Season 2. We hope you join us, and always... And until then, just keep swimming. Swimming!